Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Rolling great. We've had a fun time not having guests, mostly because it's annoying for us to edit the audio. For us, by us I mean you, to edit the audio and, uh, you know, to schedule 32 people in. But every once in a while there's a guest that just needs to break that rule and we have to have them on. And I think today is one of those days. So we had this guest on two years ago, and if I recall, there was a vote in the Facebook group on who was the best guest in the 32 days that year, and he finished either first or second, and if he finished second, the person who finished first has been canceled, so he now by default, you know, it's like when you finish second in the Olympics, and then years later, the winner gets suspended for steroids, and so you retroactively get the gold medal. Where's my medal? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's Jerry Chester, or Mr. Chester to you. Back by popular demand father to me you call him father like like in the mike pence household <laughs> father yeah i'll tell you why we had to bring him on because I, i've been pretty negative and down on the vikings this year going into the season i have very minimal expectations and i think that um he has higher expectations and so i guess it makes sense for the vikings podcast to have somebody who actually thinks the vikings can do something this year well there's always somebody who goes worst to first well they weren't worse last year i know so yeah the lions were in last that just shows so you think the, the lions potential. are gonna win the division no, I didn't say that, but I mean, there's always the unpredictability. That's, I suppose, what makes the league attractive. Well, my issue with the Vikings is I see no unpredictability this year. I think that they're almost guaranteed to win nine games. I see them having a smaller range of possible outcomes than just about any team. You know, the best case scenario for this team is Everson Griffin is, you know, back physically and mentally, and Xavier Rhodes is back, and all the defensive players who had down years or injuries last year returned to 2017 form. The offensive line is not the worst offensive line in the league. Everything goes perfectly and magically they go 12 and 4. And the worst case scenario is all those things don't happen and they go like 7 and 9. But I just I think they have like an like their overwhelming likelihood is they go 9 and 7. They probably just missed the playoffs. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is good but not good enough. Did you think they'd be 8 and 8 last year? No, last year I had much higher hopes going into the season, but the, Okay, you know, so no nobody really knows what's going to happen. Well, obviously that, but I'm just I don't know. I mean, Keith, as an outsider, what's your take? I think that you are much higher on this team than than I am, right? You have them ranked all the way up at number what, 8 in our rankings or 7 in our rankings. So, as we've said 100 times this offseason, Elite defensive performances are much harder to replicate than elite offensive performances. So the 2017 Vikings, there was no way they were going to be able to repeat that, and they were not able to. Well, the third down conversion rate obviously was impossible. Right. It was literally the greatest. Yeah, more ever. than so that any team they were, you yeah. know, that we've seen in a long time, there was no way they were going to able to re- able to replicate that. 
uh, in particular, Xavier Rhodes had a really tough year. And it's like, now are some of those guys in, an, in what could be an, considered an aging defense really in decline? Uh, we know exactly what Cousins, Cook, Thielen, and Diggs, and Rudolph are going to be. So, you know, the, the key questions are, you know, is the defense getting worse? And is the offensive line going to be competent? Competent is, is a very high mark. If they had a competent offensive line, I think they'd be a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have a whole different offense and a whole different offensive coach. C- correct. Yeah, we've uh, brought in and a whole different in, philosophy. Hoops. So. Gary Kubiak is here. Uh, although I'm not even sure what is his position exactly because Stefanski is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think he's just an advisor because Stefanski. Yeah, they has got the too many cooks. Uh, that's what I'm worried about. Well, that's what happened sort of last time, and and when they fired when North, North so maybe Stefanski well, they didn't at fire the first him, bad quit, game, yeah. maybe maybe he gets fired and, and Kubik. I mean, it's well, re- and also remember Stefanski stepped in, in like week fourteen last year, right before the Dolphins game, because they fired their last offense coordinator, Filippo, who you know they had famously brought in from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my concerns, frankly, with Stefanski with this new offense is that they're talking about focus on the running game, focus on the running game, focus on the running game. Like it's two thousand nineteen. Have you guys not seen how you succeed in the NFL? Like, have you not seen the Rams and the like in the Patriots? Like. Focusing on the it's not nineteen eighty seven anymore. What are you doing? Well, they've committed a lot to the running game, right? Cook, they already have a you know a, 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 definitely a top ten runner, and they and they spent a high pick on Madison. On so Madison, yeah. So they're really you know they also drafted three offensive linemen, most notably Garrett Bradbury. Do either of you guys have a sense for how their new center is looking uh, this summer? Well, they say he's done well, but you know until he really plays, and he's also going to be. A it's a very high pick um, for an interior lineman. Right. Yeah, you have to be a pretty elite center to go that high. Yeah, really, yeah. first round, it's like, if you're picked as a center guard in the first round and you're not starting day one, that's an absolute red flag. Oh, I think he's clearly... Oh, he's he, is. he is. He is. Yeah. I think the pick was indicative of the fact that they just did not like, you know, any of the t- of the tackles who were available at that point. Mm-hmm. Because obviously that's their biggest hole. Yeah, and who else did they add on the old line? Well, O'Neal, I think they think is going to be pretty good if he's... Gets back and starts to practice. Yeah, well, those are some big play. ifs. <laughs> right, O'Neal last year's second-round pick, and then Riley Reef at left tackle. Yeah, he, he has not been good. He's not been good. F-line, uh, uh, you know, now in F-line. his third year yeah. at guard, and Klein, who you just mentioned, from the Titans. Yeah. But it's his first year as a guard in the NFL. He was a center mm-hmm. before. And presumably they think he'll do better there than as a center, although he did pretty well his first year. We, we were talking, Mr. Chester, about... We were talking about the Texans and some other teams that have, you know, an elite receiver, but then a second and a third option. And while this team has two excellent receivers, do you see anybody emerging? Who's going to be third amongst receivers and catches this season? Well, they say this guy that they drafted number seven, Johnson, is probably going to be number three, which is sort of a surprise because Taylor, they said, was going to be when he came that he was going to do well and he was familiar with Kubiak, et cetera, et cetera. And then they released him this week. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about Olabisi Johnson, who was a seventh round pick. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I get it. But they're also going to have probably two tight ends who can actually right. catch. They drafted Irv Smith in the second round, yeah. uh, and and obviously they have Rudolph. So that's, you know, and, and they have Conklin, who they drafted last year. So that's a pretty good tight end core. I mean, I was surprised they brought Rudolph back once they drafted Irv Smith. And so they obviously, you know, well, I think Kubiak wants yeah. two tight ends who can catch. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we've seen, you know, we, we talked about on an episode a, a couple weeks ago, not having a third receiver, no matter how good your top two receivers are, it, the problems it can cause. Laquan Treadwell's drops, you know, cost the Vikings games in the past couple of seasons. And whether the third receiver is going to be, you know... They also have uh, Madison who can catch, yeah, coming out of the which back. they really haven't yeah. had it since they lost also, McKinnon. You know, they've been talking about Chad Beebe as their third receiver, and now you're talking about Ola B.C. Johnson. Like, look, obviously Adam Thielen came out of nowhere, so... 
and it could happen again, I guess. But I just I'm very nervous about who they're going to throw to when in obvious passing situations, hopefully someone emerges, whether it's Johnson or BB or Irv Smith or, or something. I don't know. But quite clearly, having two 100 catch receivers was not enough for this offense last year because, you know, down because they didn't run at all. Yeah, but I, I, I mean that's why they fired their coordinator. Again, I, I, and that's why they brought in Kubiak. Yeah, but I, again, I, I think that running is a function of, of success in the passing game, not the other way around. By the way, Chad Beebe is he the son of Don Beebe? Yes, he is. The yeah, son. yeah, yeah. I like now that makes me feel old when when guys like we really saw a lot of their career play or uh, yeah. have their kids. When baseball, it's even more ridiculous because it's guys who were playing like eight years ago somehow all have sons in the major yeah. leagues now. Yeah. Like by the way, how jealous is Belichick of the Vikings receivers? They got Thielen. They got Beebe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he got in that fight with uh, Thielen on the on the sideline last year in the Vikings-Patriots game. Mm-hmm. Probably just because he was overcome with jealousy that he somehow missed the boat on the. You know, I remember when, when the Vikings first got Thielen, Minnesota teams, Minnesotans have this, like, obsession with people from Minnesota more than just, and I'm guilty of this as well, more than people from most places. And so every Minnesota team always signs every guy who's from Minnesota or went to University of Minnesota to like just be on the end of their bench. Well, every so every assume- team they may root for them more, but uh, I'd say like the back ten guys on almost every NFL roster are heavily populated with local college guys. Well, but those are the guys who they bring to training camp. Yeah, yeah because you got to fill out those spots. Right. Yeah, but the, the Minnesota teams are you, you look at every prominent Minnesotan to play Major League Baseball, and every whether it's Terry Steinbeck or Jack Morris or Paul Mahler or Dave Winfield, they all end their career in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They all come there for a cup of coffee at the end. Every University of Minnesota basketball player at some point, if they play in the NBA at all, they're going to have one minute for the Timberwolves. And so I just assume that's what Thielen was when they signed him. Like, oh, well, of course they're playing him because he's from Mankato and, you know, and he's a little white guy from Minnesota. But uh, so I, I did not expect him to become obviously what he's become. You know, Well, they had that other receiver this year from Minnesota that doesn't seem to have materialized. What, Zalestra or whatever his name yeah, is? Brandon yeah, well, Zilstra. He, Brandon's yeah. A lot, yeah, he's been on the team for a couple of years, though, I think. More as a special teams guy. I just I don't know I just I have a hard time getting excited for this team I think that because of the money they've invested in Cousins it's this year and next year this is their close of their window when they signed Cousins last summer and I was you know supportive of it at the time yeah but the offense should be much better it just it between the coaching and the offensive line well and Madison and uh, Smith well I mean if if you're basing if you're banking it on your backup running back and your backup tight end I don't know to me they definitely have a lot of depth I mean you say they don't have a lot of depth to receive but overall skill position players they have as much depth as almost any team and you don't need to be a number one defense to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, but, but you need an offensive line that's not going to be the worst in the league unless you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson. Well, they weren't the, they're not going to be the worst. Well, I don't know. I just, you know, hopefully we'll see what we'll see what. I mean, they say that this uh, center is supposedly the, the best center to come out of college in years. Well, you have to be to be drafted where he was. But, uh, you know, I, I OK, yeah. so well, I mean, I, yeah, it's I'm funny because uh, interior offensive linemen used to be considered locks, like you said. But then, you know, we've seen guys, uh, I guess, in particular, Jonathan Cooper recently where it's like oh this guy's going to be a pro bowler year one and then it, like it totally didn't end up working out so yeah. and we haven't even mentioned their kick well, invite right me obviously. back in two years and we'll see if he turned material a lot of times yeah. it's like it, well if they were so athletic they would just be a tackle you know um uh, let me give you some of my favorite names on the Vikings who so were doing fun names Storm Norton a left tackle I don't think is going to make the team yeah, I never heard of him uh Hercules Matafa a backup defensive tackle Greer, Mart- that's Greer Martini, that's like a, that, that guy probably grew up rich, Greer Martini. Um, uh, Stacy Keeley sounds like, like a 90s uh, CW star. Um, yeah, those are, my, those are my favorite names on the, uh, on the Vikings. They probably won't be in the Vikings next that's week. Prob- that's probably. Good thing you're saying it this week. 
Well, I mean, that well, that's that. Let me segue there because one of the you know Zimmer. I've you know. Let, well, let me ask you, Mr. Chester, what's your take on Don Zimmer as a coach this or Mike Zimmer? Excuse me, <laughs> this many years in. Well, I think at the end of the year, Pete will know. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't do something well this year, he might be in trouble. Well, because we were both, and I think people in general were very high on him right out the bat, and you know, even Keeve, I think we had him as like a top five coach every year. One of the things that was a, that I appreciated about him was the fact that he was blunt, that he would say things. You know, not a necessarily a diplomatic way, but how he really felt. But I think that he started to go too off the cuff and too overreactive. The fact that he, you know, fires guys and cuts guys on a whim. Like, you don't waste a high draft pick on a kicker and then cut that kicker. Well, he said that yesterday. He said that about kickers. He's going to have to be more patient. Yeah, of course. Because last year they spent a high draft pick on a kicker. He missed a bunch of kicks in week two, and they cut him. And then obviously he went to another team where he, I think, went like 17 for 19 for the rest of the season or something. This year, they see a, a kicker on, on Baltimore, have one good preseason game, and they trade another high draft pick for him. And Well, a kicker could be the difference between being winning nine games and 11 games. Oh, I agree. But my point is that kickers are so temperamental, and, and you cannot make a judgment based on what you see in one game. You know, you need a larger sample size before you draw a conclusion. And if the Vikings were so confident in their kicker last year that they wasted a pick on him like that, you can't cut him because he missed three three kicks in one game. And now this Kari Vedvik, I don't know, what are they supposed to do with him? I mean, do they drop him from... The I don't think they know. I think that, that coordinator is in the hot seat yeah. now. Who's there? Is there especially... It's Maloof or something? Yeah. 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 I just... I don't know what... I, I just don't know what the answer is because you've just spent a, a draft pick on him. To cut him now would be deeply humiliating. But, I think that's really awkward. I'm sure it's very stressful. But for Bailey's them. the kicker, Wiley's the punter. Like Bailey and uh, and their punter both improved significantly since they took this guy a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and and Vedvik has been awful. His punts have been bad. His kicks have been bad. I mean, has he made anything other than an extra point? Uh, I don't think so. Well, what do you mean in an exhibition game? Or I don't think he's, it seems like he's not going to make the team. Vedvik. It just it feels like. But they they'd be hard to give up on him. That I mean, that's what. What Zimmer said yesterday, he's going to have to be more patient. I assume part of that is reflecting the fact of what he did last year. <laughs> Can you keep a kicker? Can you get your rid of this guy in two weeks before he's even been in a game? Yeah. Well, I think that they, I think they made that trade. It was sort of a, a, I think that again, that was a mistake, similar to frankly what they did with the Bradford trade a couple of years ago, which is they were desperate and they wanted, they didn't want to get beaten by somebody else. They thought the Jets or someone else might get Vedvik, and so they like jumped at it. And they, you know, the Ravens played it perfectly. I think. Yeah, but I think they're they're counting on getting some of these supplementary draft picks, you know, like six and seven. So they figured that one was expendable. Yeah, but I mean, it's the second straight year they did this because I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the highest player cut from the 2018 draft before. Although the Jets, by the way, the Jets have a third round linebacker, and remember the Jets, um, Jets have a different GM than the draft, who has a, a third round linebacker, and the Jets pick at the very beginning of the third round who, although I think this might have been the Saints' third-round pick, has a good chance of not making the team, which would show you how disastrous the previous regime was. A third-round rookie not making the team. But at least as bad as that is, and that is very bad, the Jets literally brought in a new front office between the draft and now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's not responsible for the idiocy. No, but it's, Whereas, a, but it's, you know, it's, it's terrible if you're a rookie, because if you're a rookie, you're never going to get cut, because the, the GM has, like, unless it's a Patriot situation yeah. where they've had so much success, they, they're bulletproof that year, like... There, you know, you never want to cut a guy. You'd rather play some, you know, rather have him, you know, hide him on the roster for a year and then quietly cut him the next year because it's embarrassing to cut a third or fourth round pick. Yeah. You talked about uh, how Zimmer might have to go. Do you think if they do not have a good season, do you think that Spielman also could be on the hot seat in a similar way? I think they'd be more reluctant to get rid of him. But yeah, 
Um, I mean, it, yeah. On, on the other hand, I'm sure that he then he would be the next one sort of on deck for the next year if he didn't significantly do something. Because Zimmer was and his I still, guy. I don't want Zimmer to go. I I still think he's better than most coaches. I just I don't I don't know what we. Oh do. yeah, I think I think he. I mean, he's kind of old, but I think somebody would grab him. He's younger than you, isn't he? <laughs> well, most people are. Belichick's not, is it? Isn't Belichick older than you? Was he was he your year in college? Sort of, yeah. I mean, I looked through the uh, Facebook, you know, which was actually a term that existed before Facebook existed, you know, that they gave us as freshmen. You mean the actual freshman Facebook? Yeah, yeah. There, there was like a little book with everybody's pictures, and I didn't see him in there. So he might have been the, the year ahead of me, but I thought he was in my year. So, it, you know, he, he uh, I mean, I guess you could look and see. Maybe he got held back a year in college. Yeah. He wasn't so smart. Yeah, he was spending too much time on the football field. Well, you know, I'm, I don't understand why he went there. His father was a football coach, wasn't he? So Where is this Wesley? What are you talking about, Wesleyan? Yeah. So I'm not sure why he didn't go to a more sort of football-oriented school. On the other hand... Maybe he didn't get an offer from Colgate like you did. <laughs> well, the year, the year that... I've told you this before. The year that I started, or the year before I started, in other words, the they had won the Lampert Award, which was like for the best, Wesleyan had won for the best small college football team in the country or something like that. So maybe he thought that he could do something, and how stupid was he to think he'd be successful in football and go there. Wow. But he was in the jock fraternity, which sort of petered out, I think, after he left. You know, all they did... Yeah, I don't see Belichick as a big fraternity guy. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, do you have any recollections of his of him in college at all? No, yeah, we used to hang out all the time. I taught him everything he knows. No, no, but and I don't even get any credit for it. Yeah, no, but actually, That's do you have any recollection goes. of him or, or no? No, actually, I no. don't. Okay, but you know, I mean, he would have just been a sort of a. First of all, I didn't really associate with the jocks. Yeah, mm. you were too cool and, for them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I, I think uh, I think the jocks probably were drug tested more frequently than would have been comfortable for your lifestyle. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure that they would have been uh, different than everybody else there at that point. But uh, I, I don't remember him. I mean, I might remember his face at the time. If you'd asked me, say, in 1975, if I, if I recognized this person's face, I, probably, I mean, you know, you're talking about a campus with yeah. 1,400 people on it. Did you ever go to a Wesleyan football game? Uh, well, considering it was right outside my dorm window. <laughs> Um, so that counts. You didn't go to yeah, the game, so but you saw them. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, actually. I don't remember. I think I must have. Yeah, I must have gone. I mean, I never went, you know, to uh, to Amherst or Williams to watch a game. But You never went to a road game. Akiva, have you ever been to a college yeah. football game? I've uh, never been to a college football game, actually. I mean, Yeshiva famously does not have a team. And uh-huh. uh, no, I, I think we should. I think we should go to uh, some college football games part of the podcast. But no, I've never I've been to a lot of college basketball games. Mr. Chester, since we're talking about old school college sports, my grandpa, who's still uh, working as a CPA, he was in CCNY uh, it, when they won the NCAA tournament in the NIT in the same year. In basketball. In basketball. Yes. And uh, they did not have a football team, City College, or as he called it, the poor man's Harvard. Um, yeah, well, everybody calls it, called it that. Yeah. Well, not anymore, but yes, yeah. But, uh, in the yeah, 20s. So. He's that old? 30s? No, no. well, uh, you know, he, well, uh, 51. They won the title in 51. Oh, he, was, 51. he wasn't born until oh. 29. Yeah. I guess maybe they still called it then. I mean, you know, people were probably still like a little nicked up from the Depression in 1950. There was a boom after World War II, you know, late 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, an economic boom. 
Yeah, but that would be cool, Chester, to go to a school where your team won the NCAA championship. We didn't we didn't really think about this when we were 17 years old, when we were picking what college to yeah. go to. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously I spent a year in Michigan, and that was the year that Michigan was the number two football team in the country, mm-hmm. but uh, did not end well, unfortunately, for them. Well, I used to go to Gopher football games a lot. Because I worked at them. Sell, sell your, yeah, sell your what's your What's your gopher preview for this year? Are they, do they have a chance to win the West? Um, I think, the, you know, they've got a really good team this year, better than they've had in years. But they don't seem to be getting much national uh, recognition for that. On the other hand, they're, they're, the game tonight, you know, is against a team that is, uh, you know, was surprisingly really good last year and, and uh, probably, you know... It's going to be a real tough test considering the cream puffs they usually play in their first two or three games of the season. Yeah, people so are excited about Nebraska in the West. Yeah, and they don't play. They don't play Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State this year. Yeah. So this is really a chance for them to do well. And look, look at they, how they ended last year. Mm-hmm. They fired their defensive coordinator and they beat Wisconsin and Purdue and uh, Georgia Tech in the last three or four games. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, so, I mean, I think this is also a big season for the, their coach. It's his third year, and he, he's got his own guys there. And they've got a, a lot of guys that are probably going to be, uh, or so a number of guys probably NFL draftees on offense and defense. So, so I think they could be a big surprise this year. I think superfan Robbie in our college football preview predicted Minnesota to win the West last year, didn't he? Yeah, even? I think last year he might have had him. But this year, people are yeah, super and, high in Nebraska. And I oh, they're much better this year than last year. I mean, they've got, they've got like four or five guys who should be number one running backs. I mean, they just don't know you know what to do with them all. Yeah, I mean, running back has, has always been like the strength of this team, right? I mean, they went back to like when Marion Barber. And- yeah, but they've got, they've got this Johnson, the receiver, who's probably going to be at uh, least an NFL something next year. And uh, they've got two huge guys in the offensive line that will probably be uh, on somebody's radar for the NFL. And, and, you know, just a bunch of guys. So, yeah, I think this could be a good year for them. Do you have higher expectations for the Gophers or the Vikings than this year? Well, I don't think the Gophers are going to go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, look at I mean, the Vikings have been a top pick for the Super Bowl many years over the years. And obviously, most of the time, they didn't go. So, Correct. you know, you never know. So maybe when they're under the radar, they will they'll surprise people. The defense just yeah. has to be good. It doesn't have to be great. What what is your perspective on each of the Bears and the Packers? Me? Yeah. Well, I think the Packers are always overrated. Um, I mean, people seem to think that uh, their defense is going to be really good this year, which would be really surprising to me and disappointing to me. <laughs> and, you know, I suppose as long as Rodgers is around. But, you know, he, maybe he plateaued last year between his injuries and his performance. Uh, hopefully he'll have another bad year. Yeah, I mean, this is a real put up or shut up because he can't play McCarthy anymore. Yeah, so I mean, I uh, I, I would be really surprised if the Packers. I mean, I'm not sure who the receivers are supposed to be that are going to be. I mean, you talk about the Vikings not having a third really strong receiver. Aquinas, Strait Brown, and Marcus Valdez Scantling, and all these. Yeah, guys. I mean, I'm just not sure that uh, he's going to make these schlubs turn into stars uh, in terms of the receiving. And, and if their defense isn't that great, I mean, they took a bunch of free agents and they drafted a bunch of guys, but they're yet to really prove themselves on defense. And the Bears, 
Well, I mean, that would be sort of interesting because, you know, a lot of these teams, they, they sort of flare up and then they sort of settle down. So, I don't know. I hope they're not uh, that good this year, but I would be more, much more fearful of the Bears than, than of uh, Green Bay. And what, what's your feeling on Mitch Trubisky in year three? Well, I mean, he wasn't that great last year. Yeah, but he was good enough to beat the Vikings twice in once when they weren't even trying. So. Well, yeah, I don't know what happened in that. I mean, they, 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 but the defense, the Bears' defense. But, you know, you talk about defenses. I mean, the defense was on fire last year. It's not that likely that they're going to be that good. And, and with, with him being a sort of a decent quarterback, and if their defense sort of does well but not great, I'm not sure that there's a lot to the Bears. Yeah. Except for their Cohen. Their Cohen is pretty good. Yeah. One concern I have about the Vikings in the Zimmer era is you, you talked about, look, you know, I don't really know what happened to end the season there. It's become a little bit of a trend. I mean, last year, obviously, they, um, you know, they, they come into Week 17 playing a Bears team that was actually trying to lose, and you know, a win, and they're in the playoffs, and of course they lose. The previous year, they come into the NFC Championship game as favorites in Philadelphia, and, and, and you know, they even take that 7 nothing lead on the first drive, and then, and then, you know, obviously they lose very, very badly. Uh, the previous year, they start 5-0, and everything looks good, and then obviously they collapse and, and don't even make the playoffs at all. Um, and, and then um, the, the previous year to that, of course, is uh, the playoff game, although I guess you really have to blame uh, Blair Walsh for that more than anyone else, but, you know, they have the playoff game at home against Seattle where, where Blair Walsh misses the 27-yard field goal, uh, the chip shot to lose. So every single year, basically, of, um, of Mike Zimmer's career in Minnesota, they've really petered out at the end. Well, that's true going back to 1960. <laughs> I, I mean, what about yeah, only... the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl were their overwhelming favorites against was it Kansas City? Yeah. I mean, you know, they yeah. do that all the time. And, yeah, and obviously, and, 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 only one out of thirty-two teams ends the season on a high note. Yeah, I understand that yeah. part, but but it just seems like the trend of Zimmer every season is they start out better and then they and then they get worse. It's not like these are teams that start slowly and then heat up in the middle of the year or something like that. So this might be their year. But is it something? Is that just a coincidence, or is there something about him, his personality, his coaching style that 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 wears these guys down, or something? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think he. I mean, he's not like Coughlin that sort of uh, you know is a mean, tough, hard coach, and uh, and also Kubiak might have an influence on him in terms. Of, I mean, Kubiak sort of like uh, Sperano in terms of you know assuming assistant head coach in terms of what his real job is, and I think he's somebody that Zimmer can confide in, and somebody that he takes advice from and somebody that he respects his opinion because of his track record and his background. And so I think that that might be a significance that a lot of people are overlooking, positive significance for the Vikings, aside from the people that Kubiak brought with him, like his son and his offensive line coach, that might affect the team positively beyond just the fact that there's some other guys standing on the sidelines. And then hopefully that'll be positive influence in terms of Zimmer. I mean, there's nothing that I've ever heard about Zimmer that would wear these guys down by the end of the season. So I don't know what the answer to that would be, but, um, you know, I'm an optimist. I read a couple days ago that optimists live a lot longer than other people. Yeah. So they can suffer with the Vikings. That's, I mean, I didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Optimists might live longer, uh, Mr. Chester, but Alex and I, we're here for a bad time, not for a long time. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I want to play the schedule game, but let's do, why don't you do rapid fire to your dad's schedule game, because we're, we're up against the clock. No, I, I want you to do it, because he's just going to say they're going to win every year. Okay, I didn't never say they'd be 16-0. Uh, 
right. Yeah. Mr. Right, Mr. Chester, we only do 32-minute episodes now. Um, so a bomb is going to blow up this podcast in three minutes. So we have to rapid-fire the Viking schedules. You just tell me win or loss when I say a game. I thought he wanted you to do it. No, he wants me to ask you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Akiva, but that's fine. You can ask my dad. No, I'd rather ask uh, Mr. Chester. All right. Uh, hosting the Vikings week one next Sunday. The Falcons. Excuse me. Hosting the Falcons next Sunday. Oh, I think the Vikings should win. Okay. And then at Green Bay week two. I think they'll win. Hosting the Raiders. I told you. It's kind of soft in this, uh, you know, eh, I wouldn't say. Yeah, well, I think think they should win. We don't want to start out strong under Zimmer, remember? Then at Chicago, probably the big national game week four. Yeah. Chicago. Okay, I'll say they lose. All right, so uh, you had them losing Green Bay also, right? So two and two? No, no, no sorry, sorry, I thought he said less. Okay, so three and one at... Probably a tie like last year. Or, or a tie week two. Uh, at, at I don't predict a lot of ties. That's smart. At the Giants, week five. Oh, I think they should win. So five and one, they come home to Philly. Rematch of uh, two years ago's NFC Championship game. That's in Minnesota? Yes. Oh, boy. Mm. That's going to be a tough game. Tough game. Surprised very little Vikings activity on national TV early in the season. You'd think they would have gotten at least one game in. Not even the Chicago game? No. I mean, that'll be at 425. It might be the, the yeah. you know the national window, but no night games. That, that is that is a national game. Well, you, but I mean, Midwest it could get yeah. picked to be one, but I'm You're saying, saying it's, it, it has been picked. That's why when the Vikings play the Bears at 430, that's because yeah, but it's that a could get game. moved in two seconds if, if one of them starts 0-2. No, they don't move weak enough. Yeah, they move from one to four. Not in week four, they don't. Well, they could move another game there to... Philadelphia, boy. Okay, I'll take the Vikings. Okay. It's a home game. Five and one at Detroit. Well, come on, it's Detroit. Okay, six and one hosting the Redskins, Washington on Thursday night football. Well, yeah, I'm going to look bad if I keep picking them. I mean, look, these are not real tough teams. Uh, yeah, it's a Detroit, really first half of the game. Washington. Okay, so hopefully they win that. Seven and one, then they have ten days to go to prepare to go to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs in Kansas City. They lose. Uh, at Dallas on Monday night on Sunday night football the next. Ah, week. see, they are picked. Yeah, I just said not not early in the season, not the first uh, weeks. That's at Dallas. Yes. Well, I'll say they lose. All right, so not so much three. that one, but they can't be winning every game that I said sure. they win. So they got to win host, something. Hosting the Broncos week eleven at seven and three. Oh, they should win. Okay, now they have a bye the week of Thanksgiving, which seems a little late, but what are you going to do? Um, the, uh, at Seattle, Monday Night Football, they are now 8-3. Oh, that's another tough game. At Seattle? Mm-hmm. Well, but on the other hand, they can't lose to every good team. Although I said they'd beat Chicago. Who are you talking to? Just um, to make who you're talking to. Write it down. Um, at Seattle. Uh, the Vikings win with, with a kick in the last couple what seconds. Just write it down on the podcast. podcast. Uh, I think my mother's presence on the podcast indicates that it's time for the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's the referee. Yeah. All right. We will never know how the Vikings. She's saying illegal procedure. All right. Just give me what's. Are we off, are we off, Alex? Uh, well, you can finish it up. That's all fine. right. Uh, fine. And you said at Seattle was a loss, right? On the, on the yeah. Game. So eight and four. And no, actually, I said I think that they win in the last oh, couple okay. seconds with a kick. 
Okay, no, that's fine. So nine and three, then you're gonna pick the Lions at home to be a win, ten and three. Yeah. At the Chargers on Sunday Night Football, oh, that could be changed. Well, I mean, again, that's a really gonna be a tough game. Yeah. So let's say uh, four, and okay. then you host you host Green Bay and Chicago, two divisional teams at home to end the year. Uh, say they win one and lose one. All right. So what do we have, Alex? Eleven and five. Yeah, something like that. So he thinks I'm wrong again. I think two years ago when I was here, I said 11 wins, and they did. Yeah, all right, 11 and 5 is possible. See, the problem, reason that they were so bad last year is because you didn't have me on. Yeah, is that why? That's probably why. Can, can I make a prediction here? Other, than, I think the Vikings will win in week one, so they'll be tied for the division lead in week one. After week one, the Vikings will not spend a single moment this season uh, in the playoffs if the season ended today. In the playoffs? Wow, that's a hotter take than when you said that the Packers wouldn't yeah. spend a day in first, but you have the Bears going 6 yeah. or 7-0, you the, said. Yeah, the, the, the Vikings uh, will not be in the playoffs uh, in any week but from week two till the week that actually matters, week 17. That's my hot take. That's nice. So I'm down on the team. But you know what? The Twins will go to the World Series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think it's more likely the Vikings are in the playoffs than the Twins go to the World Series. Statist- yes. Uh, in terms of percentage likelihood, I agree with you. You're correct about that. The Vikings have, what, a 50 50- <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.